0: Hello? And I'm not into that. But I'm a hopeless romantic. I am the worst homosexual. But like, just know that. The most viral gay podcast to ever exist across the world because those don't exist. Oh, it feels so good to be back. Did you miss me? Again? I feel like I have rebooted, rebranded, rethought... Reinnovated, reintroduced this damn fucking podcast like 75 times. And you know, it just never sticks, I never like it, I never care for it, and I know that's not what an audience needs to hear, an audience of one, but it's what I feel, it's the transparency that is needed to kick off this very first rebranded episode. I don't know what this means. Again, transparency. I don't know what the rebrand will look like. I don't know what is going to happen, but I can tell you this. Since the last time we spoke, almost, mm, I don't know, two years ago, I think. It was upwards of like two years ago coming up on this summer. Since the original creation of my Booty Hole podcast. I've gotten cuffed. Period. Okay, no engagement, no wedding, but I've gotten cuffed healthy relationship, happy relationship, period. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, because I love to talk about it. And it includes talking about myself, which everybody knows I love talking about even more. But, like, we're going to try to do less of that. <laughs> Who am I kidding? No, we're not. Um. Anyways, moving forward, trailblazing ahead. Um, I've gotten cuffed. I still have the same job that I had then. But remember, I stopped the podcast because I was like... No, can't bring the podcast back right now because I thought I got fired from my job. You know, we're going to talk about that today in the intro as well. Why I thought I got fired from my job and like kind of where this came from, what it means. But don't worry, I didn't. But let me tell you right now if you're going to get fired from your job, it's better to get fired than it is to quit. And let me tell you why. You can collect. Sweetie, you can collect more than just emotional trauma. You can collect unemployment. And that's on period. Dot. As Chanel Ion would say on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> nope, not Salt Lake City. The Real Housewives of Dubai. We're off to the races. We're off to a good start. What else has happened? Let's see. Um, I now live in the beautiful city of Boston. Loving my life. Shout out to you, big, beautiful Boston. Um... Been living in the same location for a few years now, absolutely loving it, loving it, loving it. We have so much to talk about, so many new things happening, so many, you know, political things happening, so many good things happening, so many uh, fucking insane things happening right now in the world that I am sure we will talk about, but let's remember, I just kind of want to go over a few things about how this podcast is going to work. I have no fucking idea. Basically, what you should understand and know about this podcast is very simple. Expect nothing. Listen to everything. Okay? If you're loving it, rate me five stars. If you're hating it, rate me five stars. At least if you're hating it, you're listening to it. Okay? And some of us will remember way back when, when the inception of the original Whole Whole podcast, um, bitch had haters. Okay? Bitch has exes. They will come out of the woodworks to ruin your life. And to that... I say kiss my fucking ass, because that's what we're here for. We're not here to be positive all the time. We're not here to be negative all the time, but we're also not here to bullshit, and we're not here to lie and cheat and steal and beg, and I think that's a song. We're not here for that. We're here to be honest, and we're here to have real conversations. This is the people's podcast. So. This type of podcast, I think I said this when I first introduced the concept a while back, was that there isn't a podcast out there like this. We have plenty of gay podcasts, we have plenty of queer podcasts, but we don't really have podcasts out there that are real and raunchy and vulnerable and honest. And if they exist, please, by all means, I would love to be wrong, send them my way. But for the time being, I want this space to be that. Okay. And if you haven't listened to the trailer, to the to this season, this series, this podcast, whatever you want to call it, please by all means I invite you to do that. I invite you to pause, go back and do that, because you'll get a better understanding of the direction that I'm trying to go. I'm trying to go in this direction of vulnerability. I'm trying to go in this direction of authenticity. And I'm also trying to go in the in the path of education and the path of, you know, honesty. Again, not saying that that's not what existed before, but we've done a lot of growing up in two years, okay? We're in a healthy relationship. That's one thing that's different, okay? We're in a healthy mind space. We love our drugs. We love our pills, okay? All legalized pills, by the way. They're literally just (laughs) anxiety and depression pills. Relax, back up. I'm not that naughty. And cringy moments. I want to tell you stories. I want to talk to you all. I want to hear from you all. This needs to be a podcast for the people. Okay? This needs to be a podcast for the masses. It needs to be something that we can all kind of relate to and and learn from. We are going to have uncomfortable conversations. I'm gonna get uncomfortable and cringy and annoying and overwhelming and informative and all of those things. This podcast isn't going to work if we're not all open to the idea of change and conversations and uncomfortableness, because together we're going to have those conversations. We're going to open dialogues, but they're not going to be as real and as honest and vulnerable if we're not doing it together. And that's the point of this. The point is, is to really be a part of a community, is to be a part of something that we are able to learn from together. Today's episode in particular, you're going to learn a lot about things that, that just bother me, things that bother the community that I'm a part of, and and why it, it's so important that we have these conversations, because you all know, if you know me, you know the fact that I hate the gays, okay? I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm in therapy for it right now, one of the many things that I'm talking to my therapist about, but one of those things is my internalized homophobia and the fear of the, the gays that I have, okay? And... We are going to talk about that. We are going to have episodes on that because those are so important to talk about. But without talking about it, it doesn't make it real. And it doesn't make the narrative something that that we are trying to work through. We are not going to have the answers here. We're not going to have all of the explanations that are expected. But you have to understand and be real with yourself that sometimes you're not going to have The expectations that you want. You're not going to have the outcomes that you want. And that's okay. That is called growth. That is called learning. That is called growing. But let's remember, this is a raunchy ass gay podcast. We're gonna talk about fucking enemas. We're gonna talk about being a bottom. We're gonna talk about why it hurts. We're gonna talk about what it's like to be a top, we're gonna talk about OnlyFans, we're gonna talk about porn, we're gonna talk about unhealthy relationships, and what the fuck it means to have gay trauma. We're gonna talk about it all, we're gonna sprinkle in a fucking joke here and there like your mom's pussy. We're gonna do it all, and we're gonna do it all loud and proud, and just the best that we possibly can. But I need you to bear with me, okay? Okay. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you have to say. I want to know why you're here and why you're listening. Let's make this something that makes a difference to everybody, not just to the gays, not just to the theys, not just to the homosexuals and heterosexuals. Let's make this something that matters to everyone. I may pull old episodes out, reuse some things, reuse some concepts, but that's because I want to create a cohesive space. I want to create this environment of, It all lives under one umbrella. Each week, we'll talk about something different. The structure of this podcast is very simple. I liked the way we did it before. I think the people liked the way we did it before, so let's keep that momentum going. We're always going to start off with some pop culture updates, okay? We're going to talk about what is going on in the world, what's happening around us, what we should know, whether it has to do with the gays, the theys, or anything on, on or off the binary does not matter in the situation of pop culture. We need to know some things sometimes, and I want to be that real person. You know, when I was thinking about bringing this back, I had a good conversation with a friend, and she was like, I like when you talk about the pop culture stuff before going into the topic of the day, because it makes me feel like we're just FaceTiming. It makes it feel like you're just updating me on life, telling me what I need to know, and moving through the motions, and that's what I want to do. I want this to be a very conversational experience for you i want this to be something that you can turn on and listen to and come back to and and yada 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 so we'll do pop culture then we'll dive into you know some of the history of what we might be talking about if it's something like that we should be thinking historically about (laughs) duh brian that's history blah, blah blah um as you can tell i haven't really talked into a microphone in a long time shout out madison for my mini mic because that's what we're using for now um And on top of that, after we have that kind of history lesson, so to speak, if that's what it will be, we'll get into the conversation. Some of us may remember I did a podcast episode on gays in the Catholic Church and the Catholic religion, what it was like um, to grow up Catholic, and then kind of talked about the controversy that was going on with Little Nas and Nike and all of these different things. That's kind of the vibe that we're going for. I want you to actually take something away from these episodes. Um, So with that being said... Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for having faith and trust and just the overall interest to listen to what the fuck this is about to be because if you don't know, then I don't know either. And that's the best part about this is I can talk for hours, but i know that somebody out there will listen and i'm hoping that that's why you're here. so again, please like, share, subscribe, follow, turn the bell on, whatever you want to call it. I don't fucking know how this works. I still don't know. I also don't care because i'm here as long as you're here, i'm here and that's all that matters. um so with that being said, i think we should turn it right on over into today's pop culture updates. So I think I'm actually going to piss a lot of people off with this conversation, but I'm not here to always have good ones. I'm not always here to make you happy. So today I kind of, for pop culture, wanted to talk a little bit about the obsession that y'all have with Taylor Swift. Miss Swift, like I get it. I get her, okay? Like I, I really, I get her. Her music is really good. Okay. But ever since her song, me came out, she kind of just ruined it for me. Like her lyrics are gorgeous most of the time, but I just like, I've been to one of her concerts and I get it, but I also just like, don't get it. Okay. What is the obsession with her? What is the obsession with Taylor Swift? I'm going to put that in the questions of the week part, because what the fuck is the obsession with Little Miss Blondie? She's like, what, 32, 35, like somewhere in that range. Like, I get it. She's she is a phenomenal performer. She is a phenomenal artist. Her music is most of the time great. But like, is it the secretive part that we're obsessed with? Are we obsessed with the fact that she like released two albums out of nowhere? That all sound the same. Folklore and, and what is it, Evermore, they, they sound the same. Okay? And I posted this today on Snapchat, and I got a lot of hate for it. But, like, lover is trash. Can I go where you are forever and ever? You're my, 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 my. Lover, ladies and gentlemen, will you please stand with the and the to the Like, do I have it memorized? Yeah, because it was shoved down my throat. And I would rather so many other things be shoved down my throat. But Taylor Swift, lover. Like, I think people don't understand that her album Reputation is actually her best album. I don't care about um. I get slipped away in the memories. I get slipped away for a moment of time. She was never mine. Like okay, cool. Why don't you give like a TED talk? Like write a Broadway show. I don't really need this. I don't really need this in my life. Okay, this Eras Tour thing is like a super cool idea, and I'm like obsessed with it. I love it. But I also am just fully not understanding of the fact that we're just okay with the $13,000 being spent on one ticket. Like, you were pissed for about five minutes, T-Swizzle, and now all of a sudden you're just like, Welcome to the Errors Tour! Insert applause track here, woo! <laughs> like, okay. Mm-hmm. John Cougar John dear John 316. I don't really know Why? I don't, I don't know. I think that like this overhype thing is, I get it. She is so involved. I keep saying I get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't. I don't know why I keep saying I get it. I think it's the, the fear of the hate that's about to come my way. I just don't understand why we are so obsessed with her. What has she done for us? What has she done besides saying about heartbreak? like that's all i know all of her music reputation was like her comeback era like that was it that was it for me girlie like that was that was what i came for big reputation big reputation ooh you and me we got a big conversation ah uh, like yeah like you could fuck to every song on reputation back and forth up and down like you could do it But, like, if I was in bed with somebody and all of a sudden the fucking Lover album came on, like, I don't know any other song besides, can I go where you? And I'm just, like, picturing it, like, laying in bed and somebody being like, are you ready? Uh, mm, uh, When I go uh, where you? Like, I would literally become inverted. Inverted. Let me take a sip of my coffee because I just, I just don't get it. And she thinks that she has such power over people, which she does, okay? She does. She, she clearly has enough power that she created a version of the song that was specifically tailored for... Tailored? Huh? Specifically designed for weddings. Cool girl. Love that. Relax. Quite literally relax. The girl doesn't breathe. She doesn't breathe. I will give her credit where credit is due. She works fucking hard and she's worked real hard to dance better because I've seen these TikToks from this concert and Miss Girl actually is moving left and right instead of just trying to sway like jazz square ball change leap. She is at least leaping and ball changing now and I am proud of her for that. Truly proud of her. But what I can't get out of my head and I said this to my boyfriend at dinner last night I cannot get it out of my head that Taylor Swift was performing at Gillette Stadium last night. So, Friday, May 19th. Janet Jackson was performing in Mansfield. And then there was some sport thing happening for the Celtics at TD Garden. Miss Janet fucking Jackson is at the Xfinity Center for $40 on the lawn, while Miss T. Swift is at Gillette Stadium for seventeen thousand dollars, in the nosebleeds. Like I know we're gonna sit here and be like, yes, that's the supremacy, Taylor Swift. But like Janet Jackson's an icon, and the girl, he's out on tour for forty fucking dollars the same night as Taylor Swift. I don't know how I would feel if I was Janet Jackson. Like R.I.P. Michael. He's definitely still alive out there. I will die on that hill. But like, how is she feeling? Can somebody check in on Janet Jackson? I don't know a single one of her songs that I could repeat off the top of my head besides, like, oh, ah, that's like all I know from like one of them. But like, how is she doing? Is she okay? And then our other girly out on tour, Beyonce, don't get me started on her. I think she is the most overrated performer on the planet. Like, I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Brian, you're gay. You're supposed to love Beyonce. Like, first of all, stereotypical. Welcome to today's episode. Second of all, I don't fucking care. What is the hype? What what is the reason? What is the reason? Like what is the hype about Beyonce? Besides the fact that her name is Beyonce. She has some great songs. Some great artist. Phenomenal performer. That's about all I know. Maybe I'm just I don't care. Like, do I know everything about Lizzo? Absolutely. Adele. Oh, don't get me started. Lil Nas. But even them I would not sit here. And pay $17,000 to go sit in a nosebleed section for their concert or fucking travel around the world to watch them at their opening performance in fucking New Amsterdam or wherever the fuck Beyonce is in her little beehive outfit. I don't care. I just don't get it. Okay, I just, I just don't get it. I don't. And speaking of Taylor Swift, who once dated a Kennedy... Prince Harry and Meghan were just chased like her poor husband's mother, Princess Diana, was a few days ago. What the fuck is wrong with the world? What is going on out there? Can somebody check on whoever's running this world that we live in? Because as much as we want to sit here and say it's Daddy Joe Biden, he doesn't run the fucking world. And don't fucking pull some Beyonce bullshit and say, who run the world? Girls, girls, and break your neck while you do it. Like, something is wrong with whoever's controlling this planet okay so if we could like do a little wellness check or maybe just like blow up and start all over again i would like so appreciate that and i think the people of this earth would too okay other things happening in the world today florida is underwater and will die soon same with texas So if you live in Florida and you're listening to this, you're probably going to end up going to jail because of the amount of times I'm about to say gay. Okay? I wish you nothing but the best, but it's your own fault for living there. Today's podcast episode is entitled Mind Your Manners. And, you know, a lot of gay men found their first true unadulterated, non-judgmental friends in women. Perhaps that's why the media loves to play on this idea surrounding the gay best friend, which is showing usually a white, usually flamboyant, gay male, next to a usually white, usually straight, usually the more prominent character, female, in everything from television series to romantic comedies. More recently, we've seen a lot more Hallmark movies come out that are representative of the LGBTQ plus community. And we've seen a couple of movies come out in the in the in the past few years that are in the theaters that are more mainstream representing the LGBTQ plus community. But it's still few and far between, though, what the media has done is created a lot of expectations for what a gay man is supposed to be or act like. Most of the time, that positions us to be willing, compliant, and fashionable sidekick that everybody thinks the gay man is supposed to be, which, ironically enough, is kind of how we view Paris Hilton's dog and everything and anything that she's ever done with her pet dogs. This usually results in girls feeling instantly comfortable asking very intimate questions, most all of which have to do with either fashion, beauty, or even just being gay. And I want to clarify something, too. I'm using the phrase how it results for women, how it it pertains to women asking the gay man questions. But that's just my prerogative. That's just the way that I'm going to phrase it because I am a gay man with women friends who surround me and who we've had these problems with before. That doesn't mean that it can't be switched. The narrative can't be kind of flipped to think about the way that it happens for a man asking women questions in an LGBTQ+ scenario or relationship or community um, or anything of that nature. But then you also have to think about the fact that there are a lot of gay guys that just don't fit that role of the stereotypical gay man that's being portrayed everywhere. They're not into fashion much, or if they are, they're just not into ladies fashion. And so having people ask questions being like, oh, does this look good? Do you think I look good in this? Just because we're gay doesn't mean we actually have (laughs) <laughs> a fashionable sense of style. My mom will ask me all the time, oh, do I look good in this? Does this go? Does this match? And obviously, I'm going to give her an answer because she's my mother, but I also just don't have a fashionable eye in that sense ever since I, I truly came out. When I was quote-unquote straight, I dressed a lot nicer than I do now that I'm gay. Now that I'm gay. I've always been gay. So today, I'm going to go through a bunch of different both frustrating and funny ideas that I got crowdsourced off of social media and from my own experiences of truths known by plenty of gay men in particular. When these things are said to us, we usually know it's not coming from a bad place, that the intentions are good, so we smile and we answer these questions, and you can, you know, do so without losing most of your mind. But quite frankly, this is is a helpful and handy conversation to have of things to avoid saying to the gay men that you may come across or to anyone within the lgbtq plus community that you may encounter on a day-to-day basis of just how to be a normal human being the fact that we even have to have conversations like this is really hard but it's not something that's taught if we think about it from all the movies and conversations that we have and and ideas surrounding everything A lot of the times, we learn from film, we learn from movies, we learn from TV shows, we learn from magazines and computer articles and and social media. None of those things are tailored towards the LGBTQ plus community. And that makes it really hard to kind of learn without asking questions. And so I have a big list of things that we'll go through today. So first things first that I want to start with. I never would have guessed you were gay or you don't seem really gay. Oh, okay. Well, a lot of, quote, masculine, end quote, gay men often get this from people. (laughs) Certainly not me. I'm as gay as they come. The second you see me, you're like, "Uh, wee wee flamer. Um, But it's almost intended as a compliment most of the times when they're like, oh, my God, you don't even look gay. But the alternative when it's meant to be an insult is usually, but you're not like a real gay guy. So I just want to give you a really friendly PSA. Gay men, gay individuals, LGBTQ plus people come in all shapes, sizes, colors, identities, backgrounds, etc, etc. If someone tells you that they identify as gay, there's no need to say things like this. Better yet or the condescending, "I knew it. I <laughs> oh my God, I knew you were gay. <laughs> wow. Okay, Sherlock Holmes, you fucking detective, you naughty little possum. Congratulations, you found out my sexual orientation. Do you want a popper? Maybe a condom? From now on, let's just simply thank them for letting you know and move on with the conversation. No judgment is necessary. There is nothing more disrespectful, especially since everybody's coming out stories are so different. There is nothing more risky and just gross, to be quite honest with you, than saying you don't really seem gay. Being gay is not a bad thing, okay? The next one is that when people say, oh my god, I have a gay friend, you should meet him, There's always good intention behind it, and we know that. It's very clear. Oh, my God, my sister just came out as a lesbian. You should totally go on a date with her. Like, I know you mean that in a good intention. Because you think because two people are the same, they should meet because your assumption is that they'd have a lot in common. But I might actually have nothing in common with your friend. They might vote Republican or like hunting. Or, for example... They may think Britney Spears is better than Beyonce. In any other cases, we'd end up as arch enemies. Okay? Britney Spears is always at the top. Huh. Hashtag free Britney. So ask yourself, why should these two people be friends? Then find a way to make an organic introduction. There's no need to push the boundary. There's no need to sit there and be like, this is what we need. I need you to date my brother because my brother is also gay and you guys would get along so well okay great thank you so much matchmaker thank you and if there's good intention behind it like hey like i know this person and to be quite honest with you you guys like the same things you guys are into the same ideas and and topics and i think your personalities would go really well together would you be interested in maybe going on a date with them sometime or hanging out all together great awesome that's cool There's no need for this. You should meet my gay friend. (laughs) I also don't know what this voice is that I'm doing, but I'm just going with it. My next point. What's a twink? So if you listen to the old podcast, you'll know that I did a whole episode on gay lingo and terminology and and different phrases that exist in the gay world that don't necessarily make its way or or bleed out into the uh, heterosexual atmosphere. There's this certain lingo that we in the LGBTQ plus community will use very loosely to identify one another. And to be quite honest with you, this is so outdated too, because while we use it, I also don't really think I see or hear on social media or walking down the street, like, look at that twink, look at that bear, look at that otter. Like, I don't hear that. It's more of like an internalized identification, I think. But there's there are also these words that we have more to do with, like intimate details, like the word twink has more to it than just an identification. Please do not expect every gay man to know what these words means, as if he's a walking homosexual encyclopedia. If you really want to know, try Google. Though... When you do that, I would suggest you do it, like, in incognito mode or, like, safe zone or whatever it's fucking called because you never know what you're going to get. But if you're interested in learning more about the different terminology and and phrasing and stuff like that, we can absolutely have further of a conversation about it. But it's just important to know that just because one gay-identifying individual knows those terms or utilizes those terms doesn't mean that we all use them or that we all care for them or even, like, take light to those words so let's just like think about that too i am very different like for me personally i'm a very transparent gay like i'm a very transparent person i will tell you what's going on like i walk around literally being like "Uh, my ibs girl my ibs i don't even fucking think i have ibs i just diagnosed myself but the fact of the matter is like i'm very transparent and you may come across somebody who's just not transparent you shouldn't treat an LGBTQ plus individual differently based on the fact that their sexual identity is different than what you're comfortable or used to. If you wouldn't go up to your best friend who's straight and ask that question or even a stranger, if you wouldn't go up to them and be like, when you're in bed, do you prefer to have sex with the lights on or off? Why would you ask somebody that you don't know as well who's gay that same question? Like just again, use your fucking brain. The next thing that really drives me absolutely fucking bonkers is when somebody asks, oh my God, who's the man in the relationship? Or who's the woman in the relationship in particular for like a gay couple? So for example, in my life, I would hear all the time, oh my God, so like you're basically the girl. Why dear straight people and anybody else? That is not a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Do you feel the need to apply your heteronormative gender roles, which are already limiting and are archaic in and of themselves to our relationships? Part of being in a gay relationship, in case you didn't notice this on the outside, means you're attracted to the same sex. Okay, Me and my boyfriend, we are um, both men. And we both like penis. Okay? So why does one of us have to identify in the relationship as a female? To make you comfortable or just because it's it's the right thing to ask? Because let me tell you, it's not the right thing to ask. It's also not a funny joke. Oh, my God, you're the bottom. You definitely are the woman in the relationship. Oh, Nancy, that was such a good assumption. But newsflash, this is why you're divorced. <laughs> Bitch. Another question that we get asked all the time is how dates work. Like, who pays? It comes under this idea of, like, the bill comes out, and who's going to cover the bill? Every single situation is different, just like in the straight dating world. What do you want to know next? What what kind of cards we're using? Like, you, when you sit down at dinner, if you're still sitting there in that heteronormative culture where you're like, Okay, so um, you're the man, so you're going to pay in this relationship. You're missing out on the potential to grow your relationship even further. Yes, by all means, I totally know what you're saying. Like, chivalry and, like, this idea of the man is the one that sweeps the woman off her feet and, like, whatever, whatever. But do you also realize that that phrasing, that catchphrase, that saying, that idea stems from quite literally the 1800s when women stayed at home and were not allowed to vote and had zero rights whatsoever? And let's remember, we are far past the times of thinking that there's only two genders. So like, let's just sit with that for a minute here. Let's just, let's together sit in silence and think about the first few things we just talked about, okay? Think. Are you thinking? Have you learned something or changed your mind yet? No, you still want more? Okay, great. Let's move on. One of the biggest questions that actually I'm very transparent about and always will be, and it drives my family absolutely insane, but most people aren't, is the idea of asking about somebody's coming out experience or talking about, like, when did you come out? How did you come out? All of this stuff. For some of us, coming out is easy. For me, it wasn't necessarily easy from the very beginning. It has gotten easier over time. But think about this idea of coming out for a second, and if you're not familiar with the term coming out, it basically means that when you are not straight, when you are not born liking the opposite gender, you have this idea that is almost pinned on you of needing to come out, of needing to to express to the people around you that you are not like them. In particular, you are not male on female, female on male, vice versa, stuff like that. For some people, it is hard to come out. And by some, I mean a lot of people. It's hard to come out because think about it. If you had to come out as straight, if that's how you identify, it's like public speaking. It's like confessing something. It's like talking about something. That's not easy. Some people are born more naturally able to have conversations, And for a lot of people, it's an excruciatingly painful process that has resulted in a lot of difficult conversations, or worse, with the people who are supposed to love us unconditionally. The keyword is supposed. I think a lot of straight people ask for our coming out stories as a way to understand where we come from, but this is a chapter of a lot of gay people's lives that might be hard to explain. It's probably better not to ask or to only ask in private when the time is right. For a lot of us, we will use it as (laughs) like a trauma response. We'll use it as like a buffer. Oh my God, yeah. So like when I came out and then we'll like lead into it. I know that's how it is for me. But you never stop coming out. And I think that that's a big thing that I want to repeat that I think you need to hear. For people in the LGBTQ plus community, we never stop coming out because the norm in society is a heterosexual couple. The norm is male and female. You see the laws being passed in society and in politics today. You see the rules and the bills and the things that are on the House of Representatives floor trying to be implemented against anything that is not heterosexual. Really think about that for a second. So for me, I am constantly coming out. If I go to get married one day with my boyfriend, I am going to have to go out and say to a judge or say to the the court system or say to whoever I'm talking to, oh, yes, I'd like to change my last name. This is my husband's name. And I'm coming out all over again. Oh, how is your sex life? If you wanted to ask me some intimate question. Oh, my husband and I. Oh, my boyfriend and I like that is an intimate conversation that I will never have the privilege of just feeling comfortable talking about. Oh, how is your your significant other? Oh, he's really good, and then you see the reaction from somebody else. Constantly, constantly, constantly coming out, and this kind of ties into this idea of somebody asking or saying to you, "Oh, if you were straight, what, what would happen? We would be dating." Because every time somebody says that to me, which is very infrequently, but you can start saying to me if you want. I'll take another compliment they'll they like it like reminds me of my grandparents reminiscing on life before me on on the war oh when i was your age i'd rather not go down that road thank you so much but it's never gonna happen another one that really gets under my skin and bothers the absolute flying fuck out of me is oh my god i love the gays let's be friends you love the gays how many do you know how many are your friends How many do you see very regularly? Do you like gay boys or do you like the idea of the stereotypical gay male playing dress up with you and giving you love advice? The fact that I'm gay is not reason enough for us to be friends, Paula. Thank you so much. But it's fucking weird. From now on, I actually think I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to walk down the side of the road. Okay, I'm going to be walking down the road. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I love the heterosexuals. Let's be friends. You want to go to the bar? You want to You want to shoot some pool? I'm going to start doing it. My boyfriend has a lot of, like, manly, masculine, straight men. So I'm going to start going up to them and I'm going to start saying, what's <laughs> up, bruh? I love straight men. I'm going to go shoot some darts. You want a beer? I'm going to get knocked the fuck out for doing that. Another thing that... It's, like, big in Hollywood today. It's big in... The industry, and I think I'm going to do a whole episode on like the queer baiting of Hollywood and this idea of constantly needing to know a celebrity's sexual orientation, is that gay guys just love me. I'm a gay man. You know who I don't love? Every person who has ever said that sentence. And it's like when somebody asks you, what should I wear? What should I wear? Oh, because I'm gay, you think I'm going to know what you should wear? A lot of females in particular assume that just because someone is gay, he knows everything there is about fashion and style and home decor and has all of these tips to give away like some magical fairy godmother. This then puts pressure on plenty of us who do not find ourselves naturally interested in this topic or don't even care to perform like this because if we have to we have to perform we have to put on a show for you not every gay man is going to want to play dress up and provide you advice though some of us will gladly do so if you ask politely and better yet you return the favor i back when i was a kid and still to this day i love me a good wig love me a good dress and a high heel moment behind closed doors but to get me to wear that outside in public takes a lot i wore my first wig this halloween side note When I went, very last minute, we went to a Halloween thing at a restaurant because (laughs) I've become a a regular at the bar. And I went as my girl, Lisa Rinna, because I had no other choice. I love her. And I wore a wig out in public. Talk about an out-of-body experience. I was fucking triggered. I was terrified. A big one that I hear all the time because i I am constantly surrounded by females i have the assumption that all gay men are hot why are all the hot guys gay brian this is asinine on so many fucking levels first it's implying that all gay men are well groomed and probably lean and muscular and fit and very stereotypical definition of male beauty you're not helping me first of all who's the exact opposite of that stereotype Second, you're probably only forming this opinion based on the, I don't know, approximately 10 gay men you've seen in your life. Sheila, open your fucking eyes. That's not how this works. For all of you who know me, you know how much this next sentence grinds my fucking gears. You're my gay best friend. Why? 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 Why am I just a gay best friend? Why am I oddly inserted into another category of friend because of my sexual orientation? Do I call you my straight best friend? Because I think that's what I'm going to start doing. If somebody calls me their gay friend or their gay best friend, I'm going to start saying, oh my God, Nicole, you're my best straight friend. You're going to say, what? Why did you say that? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Nicole, you didn't like it. You didn't like that, did you? Okay. I'm not your fucking gay best friend. I'm your fucking friend. Being gay is not a personality trait. Being gay is not an identifier. If someone wants to use it that way, me, then they will. But that is not for you to say, that is not for you to do, that is not for you to have this assumption that you can say. There's this girl that we went to college with. Everybody that's listening to this who knows me is like, oh my God, Brian, you knew it was coming. There's this girl we went to college with who I've completely unfollowed off every form of social media because she said to her, this guy that she was talking to, that I was her gay best friend. All it takes is one fucking time and I swear to fucking God, I'm going to punch you. Now, that's a lie. I'm not physical. I will not punch you. I will not, like, cut you. I will not knock your knees out. But what I will do is I will absolutely murder you with my words. And if you don't think that's true, ask anybody who knows me. I will actually murder you with my words. A bitch doesn't know what's coming until a bitch is on the floor crying because of my words. And I want to end this conversation today with my favorite question. Are you the top or bottom? I don't know, bitch. I'm sideways. Like, what the fuck do you think? Like, why does it matter? Quite frankly, it's none of your fucking business. I'm on the roof. I'm on the fucking roof. That's where I am. I'm not the top. I'm not the bottom. I'm the roof. I'm on the fucking coffee table. Like, why does my sexual, like, my fucking position matter to our relationship? You want me to send you a video? Google it. Fucking Google it. And this time, do it on your work computer, you fucking douchebag. Fucking stupid piece of shit. Oh, my God. This has been so much fucking fun. My throat hurts. And not from sucking dick. It just hurts from talking. I haven't done this in so long. This feels so good. I hope and pray to fucking Satan himself. Because who the fuck is Jesus? I hope you enjoyed your time here. I hope you learned something. I hope you were having a good time. You were laughing. You were listening and you were like, yes, Brian, queen, snap, slay the boots down house. What? Like, I don't know the actual saying, but I hope you're taking away something. And I hope you're going to come back. That this conversation was something for you to grow and to express your interest and your engagement. And you're just having fun. Because a hole is not just a hole. It's it's an opening. It is an opening for new ideas. Your asshole is a new opening for new concepts and new thoughts. So keep it lubricated. Keep it real. Keep coming back for more because you never know what the fuck is going to come out of my mouth. Who's going to be here? please. Share this with your friends. Share this with your parents if you think they need it. Don't tell them you know me. Just don't share this with HR. I love you all, all the old, all the new. I love all of you that were like, Brian, please bring the podcast back. When I say all of you, I know I'm sitting here talking about a select few bunch of people that I keep saying, these people kept asking, these people kept asking. But like all it takes is one person and and I'm unhinged. If you liked this, like I said, please give it five stars. If you didn't like this, please still give me five stars. Please post it all over social media. I will gladly, 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 gladly follow it. Or like it, or whatever the fuck the kids are saying nowadays on the Ticket Talks. That's going to be illegal soon. Follow me on Instagram, at The Whole Whole Pod. That's the W-H-O-L-E H-O-L-E pod. And I know you've missed it. And as always, good night good luck and go fucking sit on a dick. Bye, bitches.